0: Illinois Comptroller Susana Mendoza put out a news release last week, and the lead is very poignant and something I wanted to to share with you. Uh, She says that um, people save for emergencies, so should government. And then she shared a uh, statistic that uh, is really an eye-opener, that the state only has 30 minutes worth of government operations in cash on hand in the event of an emergency. What can we do about that? We know the state's finances have long been a problem, uh, and uh, piece by piece, uh, we see some things being addressed, other things not. So what's next? Comptroller Shazana Mendoza joining us now on the WMAY Morning News Feed. I'm Greg Bishop. Thanks for taking time. Comptroller, how are you? Greg, how are you? Not too shabby. Wish I was at the fairgrounds, uh, but uh, a slight technical issue kept us away from there, so I appreciate you being flexible and joining us on the phone. And I got to say, I walked by your booth, your tent the other day, and that cardboard cutout with you wearing the boots is fantastic.
1: Oh Do you think so? I was, like, freaking out when I saw it. I was like, um, okay, I don't know if I should promote or fire whoever came up with <laughs> the idea, but <laughs> I'm just kidding, of course. But, uh, but I, it does freak me out. I just walked into my tent right now. I'm like, oh, I'm just not used to seeing stuff like that. So I hope that people find the fun in it. It's supposed to be fun. You know, I love to be everywhere, and I can't be everywhere at once. So my staff thought, well, let's put up a cutout of the controller. Please don't draw on it. Don't take pictures with, like, bunny ears or anything. Just be cool. It's I will fun say, I,
0: I think I did see a kid do a selfie with bunny ears behind that uh, <laughs> that, card, that cutout. So. Uh, but, yeah, it's, a, it's just one of the tents that are out. Out there at the illinois state fair uh but of course your job has you looking at the state's finances uh controlling you know cutting paychecks for state employees cutting paychecks for uh, the vendors that do work for the state uh, and you've been watching these numbers for a while tell us about the news release you put out about how your know, families they have to save for emergencies if a roof collapses or something or a variety of other issues but the state government we don't have any kind of rainy day fund on hand
1: No, we don't. As a matter of fact, I've talked a lot about this over the last few years while I've been trying to judiciously pay down the state's bill backlog in that we had literally about 30 Seconds, not even 30 minutes, 30 seconds worth of uh, money in our rainy day fund. We had about sixty thousand dollars on any given day when we were billions in debt. So um, essentially, we had no rainy day fund. And other states typically have about three to four percent, which in our case would be about four billion dollars or so in a rainy day fund to feel like, if you were a family, that you would be okay to weather an emergency. Right. And so, if we want to make sure that government doesn't have to go back and tax constituents when things go bad, then we need to make sure that we have a healthy supply of reserves so that we can avoid things like that and just go ahead and in a real emergency, not because of government overspending when they should be reigning in spending, uh, but because of a legitimate emergency in this case, like the pandemic or the economy tanking uh, because of something out of our control, right? So um, we ask people to do that at home. They do it on their own. I mean, we don't ask them. We just know better to do it, right? Uh, We should be doing the same as a government.
0: So when it comes to the state's finances, what are some of the major drivers? Uh, is it is it what you kind of alluded to, um, not not tidying the belt enough, or is are there certain things that like Medicaid are just driving some of the the, the spending uh, to levels that uh, the state can't yet get get balanced and get well. a hold of.
1: Well, let's not forget that just a few years ago, when I first took office, I walked into a budget impasse. I mean, I became controller in the middle of the uh, longest budget impasse in the state's history. We um, had a $16.7 billion backlog of unpaid bills. That is now uh, tremendously better. Since I took office, we brought that down to about $4 billion, And that is without using, and let me be clear here, without using a penny of federal stimulus dollars. So I was able to notify the credit rating agencies that um, the controller's office had gotten the bill backlog paid down to well within a 30-day business cycle for the first Time in over 20 years since the uh, terrorist attacks of September 11th happened And so I'm very very proud that the, of the work that my office has done you've covered our work over several years now you know every time we had an opportunity to uh, leverage a federal matching dollar uh, I did that that means that if I pay a dollar in Medicaid for example though the federal government will give me right now 56 cents and so uh, that's a dollar 56 cent that we only had to pay a dollar on and so that 56 cents. I will then leverage to pay more bills that were in the bill backlog. And every time we've borrowed from the federal government um, to get through the emergency, I've leveraged any additional dollars to target federal matching programs that, again, give us $0.56 on the dollar. And so little by little, we have uh, really, I think, done a masterful job of managing this uh, crisis, and now we are at our fastest payment cycle in over 20 years. And now we have two credit upgrades that both came in before Two of the three credit rating agencies upgraded us before the federal stimulus money even came in, and we haven't even touched that money yet. So, um, you know, the the bill, I should say, the budget impasse is what drove the fact that we had to spend down every penny of what was in the uh, in the uh, rainy day fund, and that rainy day fund has been non-existent for years. So, time to start it up again. That's what House Bill 4118 will do. And um, you know the idea behind it is that when the bill backlog is at three billion or within the thirty-day business cycle, that it will trigger an automatic deposit into the state twenty-day fund, and year to year that will grow uh, pretty quickly. That's the idea. It's the goal, and. Um, we have to be disciplined, and we have to put it in writing through legislation and we commit to restoring our rainy day fund.
0: You had mentioned the, the federal dollars. Uh, we're talking with uh, Comptroller Susana Mendoza here on the WMAY morning news feed. Uh, Eight-plus billion dollars that the state is getting uh, directly uh, for, for a variety of issues. How will that money be used? If it wasn't used to pay down the bill backlog, uh, how, how does uh, your office see that money being distributed?
1: It's not necessarily going to be distributed, right? The the fact of the matter is we received it. um, It will, uh, parts of it are going to be allocated to COVID specific things but they are they're not limited to that with uh some of these relief dollars. And so the legislature appropriated a little over two billion of it and there's a five billion or so plus that is uh going to be sitting in a special fund uh and hopefully the legislature will not touch it. The governor will, will hold that money and in the meantime, um, you know, I, I've been very vocal about the need to be fiscally disciplined and to uh to not look at this as new money. It's not like, you know, uh, it's Christmas, and we, there's much gifts on the Christmas tree. we just blow through all of them. No, we need to be very careful as to how we spend these federal dollars moving forward to try our best to be disciplined, to not look at it as new money, but to look at it as like as an emergency reserve in lieu of a actual uh, emergency fund.
0: We've uh, heard a lot discussed about the uh, uh, Unemployment Insurance Trust Fund, uh, and that's just, what, one of... 700 different special funds that the uh, the state of Illinois has um, is there any discussions you're you're uh, connected to that that talk about maybe using some of the federal dollars to to pay down those debts in particular
1: I think that the uh, the office of budget on the governor's side is looking at all of those things there's uh, some debts that cost more than others too right so again uh, if we are able to pay existing debt especially where um, they might accrue late payment and interest penalties. Some of those do and some of those don't. Uh, with the unemployment uh, insurance, uh, there's been just so many uh, different issues besides just even how, how do you pay that, right? Uh, we've had issues of fraud there that need to be addressed. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, a part of that money were to go to that, and that makes sense. There's a direct connection to unemployment needs and the cause of the pandemic causing that, right? So I, I, I just think that when I talk about staying fiscally restrained here, That money shouldn't be used for things that aren't really critically important to the state of Illinois' financial picture and to taking care of our taxpayers. I I believe that anything related to uh, unemployment or anything related to health care expenses that necessitated out of a pandemic is a clear and wise use of those federal relief dollars. But we should be careful moving forward as to what we think are legitimate expenses and what are things that are perhaps not that
0: important. Families have to save for emergencies and governments should too. Uh, that's the message from Comptroller Susana Mendoza here on the WMAY morning news feed. Uh, and you mentioned that bill that uh, Representative Halpin has. What's the next step for that? Is that something that you think could be addressed in a uh, fall veto session or are we going to have to wait until January for uh, lawmakers to take up this bill that that you, your office says would pretty much say if they are under a certain billing cycle Uh, and uh, the backlog of bills is paid off, Uh, funds are automatically going to be pushed into uh, rainy day funds, essentially.
1: Yeah, well, I'd love to see it cast in veto session, although that's totally, completely beyond my control. I don't know what their veto session schedule is going to look like, if they're only going to be dealing with, uh, in their minds, uh, emergency bills or what. That hasn't been decided yet. But I've, it's so important to me that I didn't want to wait until next session to file it. So the sooner the better. It's important that we start talking about this. And more, most importantly, that we actually get it passed, whether it's in this veto session or in the next spring session. Um, but this is something that you might recall, Greg, when the governor gave his state of the budget address. Uh, pre-pandemic, when we thought everything was moving in the right direction. You know, I had brought the bill backlog down to about $5 billion. We were well on our way to paying down uh, the bills and getting in that 30-day payment cycle. Um, he actually, during that State of the Budget Address, mentioned this legislation that at the time, Mike uh, Halpin, Representative Halpin, was carrying a us in the House, and Senator Heather Staines was caring for us in the Senate, and he mentioned it in his speech. He he said that it was an important thing to do, and so, you know, we had his support back then. Of course, this is pre-pandemic, but I would argue that the fact that Illinois has been able to get two credit upgrades in the middle of a global pandemic is way better than anybody could have imagined in their wildest dreams, right? So, again, without using federal stimulus funds. So, I'm very proud of the work that I've done as controller and managing the state now, not through just one fiscal crisis, which was a budget impasse, but also through the uh, pandemic's uh, fiscal crisis. And uh, I guess if there's one thing to say about me is I'm only used to working in crisis mode. So um, if I can take one good thing out of that uh, budget impasse, which was no fun to be controller in those days when things were so horrifically bad, is that it really set the stage for me being able to manage the pandemic crisis uh, from a fiscal point uh, much, much better than perhaps other state fiscal officers who had not been used to having a to, uh, you know, get thrown into the fire pit their first day on the job. So we've got things under control here financially. Now it's time to start recovering, and that is why I'm not going to stop talking about the need for us to not just stay fiscally disciplined, but take it another level and start saving for emergencies the way we would expect and hope that families do in their own household.
0: You know, it's pretty incredible uh, how somebody's character can really shine uh, during uh, times of immense stress. Uh, that's for sure. Comptroller Shazana Mendoza, one last thing here. Uh, you know, we've got elections coming up uh, next year with primaries and whatnot. What are your election plans? Uh, Are you going to seek the the seat of comptroller uh, again in the future? Or uh, what do you see on the horizon?
1: Oh, for sure. There's no way I put so much now um, hard work and and we've we've actually brought out massive results for taxpayers that there's no way I'm walking away from this. We're still in a pandemic. I I would hate to think that someone without the level of experience that I've earned over the last five years, four and a half, five years now, uh, would take over the reins of the state at a time when we're finally coming out of all this mess. So uh, not only do I want to continue to to make sure that we stay fiscally disciplined and I have taxpayers' backs in that respect, I also want to modernize our entire technology platform because the controller's office right now, sure, we pay all the state's bills, so by default we know where every single dollar goes, But because of our antiquated technology systems, I can't tell you as a taxpayer what the return on investment for any specific dollar is. And I want a system where if you, as a member of media or a taxpayer, just wants to know if if this specific program that they keep hearing about actually has a great return on investment for taxpayers or not, I should be able to say, here are – X dollars go here. If we spend more dollars here, we'll see less of a need to invest over there. Um, and, you know, you could do that all across every single program and fund that we have in the state of Illinois. And so to be able to do predictive analytics and forecasting and predictive modeling would really be awesome. It would turn the controller's office. My goal is to see, my vision really is to see the controller's office become the most trusted source of financial data. Uh, in government, not just here in Illinois, but across the country, kind of set the tone for what all controllers agencies should do or offices do, and uh, we're on our way. So right now we're in the middle of uh, kicking off that new technology initiative where we're going to build out an entirely new system parallel to the one that we have um, so that when we're done with it over the next probably 18 months or so we'll be able to start um, really utilizing a system that will be much more transparent and much more responsive to requests about uh, how people's taxpayer dollars are being actually spent.
0: Looking forward to seeing I that. I gave you a
1: big mouthful there, but I think no, it's really
0: important. I, and I'm looking forward to seeing that myself uh, as uh, somebody who reports on, on state finances, uh, having those kind of tools, not just going to be uh, very instructive and instrumental for the media, but I would imagine for policymakers as well and taxpayers who are footing the bill on all of this. So Comptroller Susana yeah, Mendoza. It right thank you so much for taking the time with us this morning uh be safe out there and we'll connect again soon okay
1: yeah thanks so much for having me greg have a good one